African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms on uh, Shortwave and uh, joining us on our website and also on our DSTV bouquet. And uh, this is Channel Africa. And you're listening to African Dialogue from Monday to Thursday. We look at the uh, big subject matters on the African continent. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Anne, for that news update. Well, today, as I mentioned, we're looking at an update on looking at the Kenyan situation. As you heard there uh, from uh, and Musa, the fact that uh, Kenyan opposition leader Raila Odinga urged supporters to stay away from work and accused the government of having planned to rig elections and murder his supporters. Odinga said it would be a day of mourning for the uh, fallen patriots after a rally in Kibera. The international community has urged calm following the election with Odinga, uh, which Odinga rather alleges was fixed. He, he has appealed to workers to wait for a major announcement. Now, James Simanula reports. Kenya is still in the throes of mourning the death of dozens of people that are alleged to have died during running battles between security personnel and citizens protesting at the results of presidential election that saw Uhuru Kenyatta officially emerge victorious. The number of those killed remain conflicting, and as the count continues, the situation remains relatively unpredictable. A resident of Kisumu, one of opposition leader Raila Odinga's political strongholds on Lake Victoria, who preferred not to be named, sums up the impact of the running battles. We are staring at a humanitarian crisis. Most people get their daily bread from the businesses that they do, from the motorbikes that they ride. But basically there's nothing going on in Kisumu. This is very, very, very sudden. Because our people cannot do business because police are everywhere. And they're chasing people up to their houses, beating them. You have had rape cases like Obunga and Nyawita. Now, why must we be surrounded by policemen? The Kenyan branch of the International Red Cross had a difficult time in reaching places where either people were reported to have died or seriously injured, as its chief in Kenya, Abbas Guled, explains. Serious uh, fighting, I would say, between the police and the protesters, which made our work very difficult. And of course, there were lots of Kenyans out there calling on for the Red Cross to be out there. Our protection is our emblem, and, but we were out there most of the night uh, prepared to respond, which we did respond where we could have access, uh, but more importantly this morning we've had access to all areas. We had a bit of challenges in certain parts of the country in terms of access by young people having set up roadblocks, uh, largely on the road from um, Awendo going to, all the way to Rongo and Migori, and we saw on the, um, the other side uh, in, in Kisumu, and also to a small extent in Nairobi but after we talked to the young people they realized who we were and they allowed us to have access
shedding light on the dead bodies that they came across, Red Cross chief in Kenya, Abbas Guled, pointed out this factor. In terms of managing dead bodies, this undead body uh, announcement is not our business of the Red Cross, right. the business of the police and the government. And so in terms of fatalities or number of dead, I do not have that number. Right. And as I said earlier, we were not looking at dead bodies. We were looking at wounded and injured people that needed pre-hospital care. We've taken quite a number of them to... Kenyatta National Hospital, Aga Khan Hospital, MP Shah Hospital, and I'd like to thank the management of these facilities to have opened their doors to receive these Kenyans without even initially asking for any payment. The same thing with the Nyanza General Hospital and the hospital in Migori and in, in Homer Bay. One of the things that people were afraid, we got lots of calls telling us there are people with gunshot wounds, come and take them. When we decided to go and look out for them for a number of reasons, we were told they were afraid to come out for fear that if they were taken to hospital, they then they would be arrested by the police by the virtue of the fact that hospitals will have to report of an injured person with a bullet wound they would have to legally report it what we have done since then is to talk to the government and i have assurances from the government uh, that we would uh, can pick anyone that was injured with either bullet wound or any other form of injury take them to hospital let them be treated i have i have access to the to the government and we have had discussion with the authorities with the inspector general and with, uh, with the CS Matiangi who have been very forthcoming and say we let you do your work as Red Cross and will not interfere and I'm very happy for that. So I want to say to anyone who would say that he or she has been shot and they are afraid and in fear of being arrested. The Kenya Red Cross chief Abbas Kuled has this message to young people in the country who reportedly from the majority of protesters as well as politicians from the ruling and opposition parties. I really want to urge the young people and even the political leaders from all walks on both sides of the aisle that look, I mean, let us have access, let us do our work, please do not interfere. We are not being pushed by anybody. We are independent, neutral, humanitarian organization. Well, that is a report there that you heard uh, giving us an update on uh, the very, very unpredictable uh, situation that's taking place in Kenya. Uh, That's a report by James Shimanyula. Let me see if we have Sarah Kimani on the line, SABC News correspondent based in Nairobi, Kenya. Sarah, can you hear me that side? Sarah, are you there with me? I think we've lost Sarah. I'm not quite sure what's happening with the line there. Sarah, are you there on the line? Okay, we've lost uh, Sarah. Let me see if I can get someone else who was helping us, getting us an update last week, looking at the situation. Abdullahi Halake, are you there with us there? That's Amnesty International's regional uh, uh, head for East Africa, the Horn and the Great Lakes. Abdullahi, are you with me there on the line? Okay, we're struggling with these lines. So basically, we're going to take a quick break. But let me update you of the situation there uh, as they sort out the lines in the backdrop. They are producers. Now, we know that Kenya's opposition leader, Rila Odinga, was weighing his next move today to contest an election, really putting pressure on his supporters, uh, really to stay at home and uh, while he is actually putting his complaints uh, to the court. Now, the 70-year-old uh, Rila Odinga uh, insists that the right 
rightful winner of a stolen election. He was the uh, a rightful winner of the stolen election last week, and he has urged his supporters to stay awake. But you did hear from uh, uh, Anne's uh, reporter earlier on saying that there has been a defiance against that particular call that has been made by Raila Odinga. But let me see if I can get some of our guests on the line. Hopefully, we've got a connection with them right now. Abdullahi Halake, are you there with me on the line? Dalahi, can you hear me clearly? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you very clearly. It seems that things uh-huh. have been tense since the last time we spoke there in terms of uh, the uh, death toll has went up. Apparently now we've heard it's in its 20s. And also this call by Kenya's opposition leader for people to stay away. Raila Odinga has been making that particular move as I've been announcing. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you are and what the situation is. And just give us an update on the environment. Yeah, I think, um, thank you so much. Uh, the environment is still uh, very tense. There's a palpable sense of fear around here. I'm in Madara in the eastern part of Nairobi where last night um, we've confirmed three three more people have been killed um, following Raila Odinga's visit to what is, you know, one of his strongholds here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he made the call for people to stay away Um in areas where he has support, people have listened to that. But in other parts of the country, the city is slowly getting back to normalcy. But yeah, right here now, um, things are. You could see people standing, you know, on the side of the road, um, afraid the police uh, might come mm. later in the night. Oh, well, that is worrying indeed to hear those particular concerns there. Let me also see if I can bring in Sara Kimani into the conversation. Sara, uh, can you hear me there? Sara Kimani? Oh, fantastic. Uh, thank you for giving us your time, Sara. Just give us a little bit of update on where you are and what the situation is. Uh, I've got someone else on the line who's telling me that there's still the death toll is increasing in Kenya due to these protests. And there's a bit of uh, a real, real fragile uh, atmosphere th- that side. Tell us a little bit about where you are and the experiences you're getting right now. Such barricades, burning fires. Um, but a lot of people saying, uh, they must now resume work. Mm. So I saw your report uh, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, on SABC while you were in Kibera, and it looked very tense, uh, things that were happening there in terms of the protests, and we saw a very much volatile situation there. Tell us a little bit about your experiences this past weekend and what you have actually seen unfold until this morning. Well, the weekend has uh, been largely... Uh, very tense in Kibera and in another area called Madara and in Kisumu, the western town of Kisumu, uh, where most people have heeded uh, Raila Odinga's calls uh, to come onto the streets and, you know, uh, express their disappointment with the outcome of the call results. But um, the rest of the country seems to be moving on, even though people are disgruntled. Uh, 6.7 million people voted for Raila Odinga, according to the official family. So on social media, you find people are disgruntled people talking, but most of the uh, displeasure has largely been shown uh, in the areas that I've mentioned. People are now waiting to hear uh, what Raila Odinga will say tomorrow. He has said he will be calling a press conference tomorrow uh, to announce the way forward for himself and his party, uh, including his supporters.
Uh, all right. I also want to come back to you, Abdullahi, because you've also been traveling there in the uh, countrysides and actually exploring the views that are happening there. Okay, I think we've lost Abdullahi there. Um, let me see if I've got Otsieno Namwaya, who is a senior researcher for Human Rights Watch in Kenya. Seems like we're losing a lot of the guys on air there. But Otsieno, are you there with us? Otieno, I think we've lost Otieno there, but it seems very tense, as you can hear from our various uh, sources coming directly from Kenya there, in different parts of the country. Yes, it I'm seems here. there has been an increase there, but I think we still have Sarah, but let me take a quick break and then we'll come back uh, and uh, uh, really get more updates there, because I'm also interested to hear the polarized views on what people think about uh, Kenya opposition's leader, Reila Uting. I think Sarah will give us an update on, on that, especially also, has he actually lodged a formal complaint uh, with the election commission in Kenya? Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We broadcast from Johannesburg in South Africa and our main aim is to provide you with news, views, knowledge and entertainment from Africa to Africans and listeners from around the world. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Diana Wanyonyi in Mombasa. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbara Munjarere in Johannesburg. Channel Africa, Kinshasa, Jean-Noël Bamweze. Reporting for Channel Africa from Zambia, I am Hilda Kekelwa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, we are giving you the African perspective. Yes, you're listening to Channel Africa. Remember, you can uh, listen to us on DSTV channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And uh, remember, we're also on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to uh, Southern Africa. Uh, Today, we're giving you an update on the very volatile situation in uh, Kenya. As we mentioned there, uh, Kenya's opposition leader, Relo Odinga, has been weighing his next move to really actually uh, move in by actually calling for defiance from his supporters. We hear there was a rejection and a defiance with that particular call with the majority of uh, uh, his uh, supporters saying they need to get back to work and uh, get to life as normal. But we know that the death toll has been increasing from what has been happening uh, this particular past weekend. But we know this is a serious issue because this dispute has not the first time that it's particularly happened. We know that in 2007 the same thing happened when Odinga lost uh, and uh, we know that in that particular uh, election uh, many observers agreed that it was riddled with irregularities and uh, we saw uh, that the election showed that ethnic division uh, over power in uh, Kenya and we saw uh, a spark of two months of violence in which uh, more than 1,000 people were killed and more more thousands of people were displaced in Kenya. So it is a volatile situation as we stand in. But we know these elections have been deemed free and fair by observers. What the world is waiting for is actually a real confirmation from Rayla Odinga and his party to ensure that actually their allegations are 
certified as uh, genuine and real. And I think that uh, last week when we were speaking about this particular issue, there was a big call from uh, one of our experts on the line who was speaking about how important it is that uh, Rayla Odinga must actually approach uh, the uh, commission itself, the election commissioner, and actually show evidence to some of his claims. And um, what was actually uh, alleged last week by Rayla Odinga was the fact that uh, uh, there were uh, actually uh, hacking into the IT system uh, when which was connected to the collating of uh, the vote. So it is a tense moment and uh, we'll see if uh, we can actually uh, get our guests on the line and just get the feeling. But just those uh, 20 minutes uh, as we started the program, you can actually feel the tense environment, that tense atmosphere in, in Kenya at this particular time. As you heard from both Sarah Kimani, SABC's news correspondent based in Nairobi, uh, Kenya, and also Abdullahi Halaki, who's Amnesty International's regional director for East Africa, the Horn and the Great Lakes. Things are very, very tense. And uh, there was a call even before the election with international observers saying that they're looking at this particular moment for uh, Kenya and they do not want a repetition of what happened in 2007. Well, let me take a quick break and we'll be back and we'll continue to give you updates on what's happening in Kenya. This is Channel Africa. South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English. Giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyan Zovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Yes, we are Channel Africa giving you the African perspective. And today we're looking into what's happening in Kenya itself. Tense, tense moment uh, for the country. But also there are some parts in the country, let's not be alarmists as well, where people are actually trying to move on. As much as some are disappointed by the outcome, there are those who are saying they want to get back to life as normal in Kenya. Now, sporadic protests have erupted, as we've mentioned, in parts of Kenya, particularly in areas that strongholds of opposition leader Rila Odinga. Uh, unconfirmed reports say several people have died but acting interior minister Dr. Fred Malai uh, this weekend was adamant that nobody had been killed and no live ammunitions had been used on protesters. Now the situation remains tense in the East African country after the incumbent Uhuru Kenyatta retained his seat as head of state. Let's get another uh, report. This is a package by our correspondent earlier Sarah Kimani as she reported about uh, some of the occasions that took place this weekend. Kibera, an opposition stronghold. Demonstrators engaged police in running battles. Sporadic protests broke last night in areas where opposition leader Raila Odinga commands a strong following. They stole our votes. We want to go to court. We want our rights. They have been beating us, beating us. We don't have even people to 
help us. What Why? What happened last night? We are, there are a lot of tension. There has been allegations of some protesters losing their lives, but Acting Security Minister Dr. Fred Matiani was quick to deny, even as protesters displayed spent cartridges. I am not aware of anyone who has been killed by live bullets by police anywhere in this country. Were police using live bullets on protesters last night around the country? No. That is rumor and gossip. While security has been beefed up, the country is still tense. Meanwhile, business people are beginning to count their losses following a week of slow activity. The big role is to accept things how they are. Because as it is, we have accepted, like business people, the outcome of the election, how it came out. So the main guys who are up there, if they should accept and tell the people that we accept, things are okay, whoever won, won, I think things will come back to normal. For the town being deserted, it shows that uh, people are somehow, they have the anxiety due to what uh, maybe the former prime minister said that uh, he is the president. No, now they are thinking things are going to erupt the way they erupted in 2007. South Africa is hopeful that Kenya will now put elections behind her and take up her rightful role on the continent. Kolekam Kwana is the South African High Commissioner to Kenya. We are looking at what is going on in Kenya with jealous because we think that sometimes they underestimate their role not only in the region, in the continent and globally. Kenya is very important. Uh, of course in East Africa it's a powerhouse and South Africa in the Sadek it's, it's a powerhouse and for them they should take themselves very serious and I think that Kenya is important for all of us. All eyes will be on President Uhuru Kenyatta as he takes up his second and final term to heal a deeply divided country. Sarah Kimani, Kenya. While we all holding our breaths, it's real suspense of what's happening in Kenya here. But uh, remember that uh, Uhuru Kenyatta uh, on Friday was deemed to be the, ele- uh, the re-elected president of uh, Kenya with 54% of the vote and only 45% of the vote going to Odinga, who has actually questioned and rebutted uh, the election uh, results. Let's see if we can go back on the ground and see if we can get some insights of what's happening there. Abdullahi Halaki was speaking to us earlier. He's from Amnesty International. I'm sorry that we lost you there, Abdullahi Halaki. Uh, thank you for giving us your time once again. I just wanted to get the vibe of what people are thinking in terms of this call by Raila Odinga uh, to actually stay at home. Uh, earlier on, we've been hearing different voices of people saying they want to move on. Others are saying that they want uh, to ensure that uh, there is some form of a legal repercussions for these latest uh, elections. So it's a polarized environment in terms of the views of what people think about this particular vote. But when it comes to the stay away, what are people saying on the ground, the stay away that Raylo Denga has called for? I mean, like like you said, it's a fairly polarized country. Um, so those who support Raylo Denga um, by and large, much as some of them come from informal settlement areas where they live from hand to mouth, um, they, are, they are by and large, I mean Matare, which is also one of his strongholds, they are by and large stayed away from work. Uh, in other areas in the city that I've passed through on my way here, 
people have gone to book to work, you know, so there is um, an ease calm that has gone back to the city. Uh, but in the next few days, we'll be able to get a better sense. And uh, don't, uh, don't forget, uh, the first week of September is also the end of summer holidays here. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how it develops. But it's right, it's a fairly divided, it's a fairly polarized country. So those who are aligned to, you know, Raila Odinga will say, no, we need justice. So they're still, you know, out. But those others are saying, look, guys, it's an election. It need not to be an existential uh, issue. Let's get back to work. You know, the claims that Raila Odinga, uh, that they've made are not really uh, ones that should be taken lightly, considering 2007, uh, Abdullahi. Uh, but we haven't really seen him making a formal complaint to the election uh, commission. Uh, have we heard anything from Raila Odinga's side? Has he made a formal complaint with the election uh, commissioners? And uh, what's the update on, on that regard? Because it's creating a deepening of this uh, ethnic divide that we're seeing currently. I think uh, I mean, it would be useful to provide a bit of a background. I mean, this is not the first time that Raila Odinga has... Um, complained about, you know, uh, being robbed the election victory. And um, in all those cases, particularly last election in 2013, they went to uh, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is what that decides, or arbitrate, if you will, uh, the presidential election disputes. And they felt that the court didn't do them justice. Um, and, but uh, but uh, after that, they said that they, they, are, they are not going to the courts anymore. And that they made it very clear during their um, campaign when they said, if we feel like for a second we've been rigged, we're not going to the court. The challenge with that is mm. if you are not telling people what then, people will fill in the gaps and that doesn't bode well for um, the peace and security. So I think even if we get past the elections, I think both Raila Odinga and the president need to heal this country. Election mm. is just an expression, if you will, of, or a trigger for a deep underlying structural problems mm. around inequality. Kenya might look to outsiders, a country that is fairly developed. It has got a modern metro, it has got transport infrastructure, it has got banking, telecom, you name it, all service industry. But there are people who are not part of that. I'm in, I'm in Madare, mm. you know, informal settlement area. If you've never been to this place and you've just been living on the other side of the country, this feels like a different country, mm. and people feel that very, very strongly. People are saying, "You look, you look in their eyes. You can, mm. it's, not, it's inescapable that these people feel it's not just an election. Election is just an, an expression." I think Kenyan leadership really need to begin thinking how to heal this deeply, deeply polarized country. You know, another concerning issue is what happened this weekend, because if it's not really contained, it could actually explode into something else, Abdullahi, uh, because there has been disputes in terms of what has been happening on the ground. I know that Friday night, Saturday, almost the whole day in the west of the country, in some of the Nairobi slums, in one of them, as you've mentioned, have seen some people 
dead uh, and also there's been also a denial also from the police saying that uh, uh, it wasn't innocent protesters who were killed and that these were uh, there were criminal acts that were taking place such as rape and looting so it's really really a very much tense moment here in terms of the containment from the police themselves and the policing uh, systems that have been dispersed into the various uh, volatile areas uh, what are your thoughts as Amnesty International in terms of how they have addressed this very awkward situation? I think the fundamental issue here is there are those who are saying, you know, and that is largely the state, saying that, you know, not, people have not been killed, you know, those who have been killed are criminals and thugs. I'll get back to that later. The others are opposition who are saying that, you know, hundreds of people have been killed. I'll get back to that also. I think the fundamental problem here is anybody saying that people have not been killed, really they are not be, they are being economical with the truth. Anybody who is saying hundreds of people have been killed without providing any evidence is not also being honest. The point here is, from our perspective, the police need not to be using force. I've been to this place where they call people thugs and criminals. Let's not criminalize poverty. Let's not pathologize the weak and the vulnerable in our communities. I'm in this place, in the place where two people were killed on Wednesday. There are no shops on both sides of the streets. Let's just be honest. The girl who was killed, a mm. child of 10 years old, wow. can that child protest violently? Wow. Let's, let's just be honest. I think honesty will be very useful in this kind of an environment that, you know, something small can trigger stuff. I mean, why is it that in these neighbor, in poor neighborhoods, we call people criminals? Who said criminals have to be killed under Kenya's law? If somebody is a criminal and you know that he's a criminal, you have good evidence, go and take them to court. The idea that we are normalizing killing of young, poor, marginalized youth in this country cannot build this country. We have a country to build. Yes, elections uh, might have problems. There are channels to address that. But fundamental problem here is we cannot continuously criminalize poverty in this country. If you come to this place where I am standing mm-hmm. right now, it is inescapable. The level of poverty, the level of marginalization, the level of despondency. You speak to these youth, they have got nothing to look forward to. I was going around with one of the, uh, one of the young men here. He's 32 years. He's told me close to 90% of his friends are either dead or they are in, in jail. Can we say, and I ask him, how do you go through life? He says, I have to because there are so many people looking up to me. Mm. You know what? I've just seen also this uh, report that's saying that documents were provided as evidence. Um, uh, so far, they've been dismissed by the Electoral Commission. So it's really unclear what Odinga will do next. As, as we wrap it up there with you, Abdullahi, what's going to happen next year? Because we don't want that repetition of what happened in 2007. And we're not hearing anything also coming from the new uh, president-elect, uh, uh, Uhuru Kenyatta. The president, in his statement, has been has been very reconciliated. Okay, so he's he's already he spoken. Beyond. So he's spoken to the public. Yeah, he's, he's been, okay. 
Yeah, he's been reconciliatory, okay. but he needs to match his rhetoric with action. Thank you so much. Sure, sure. Well, thank you so much there uh, for giving us your time there. Uh, it's very tense moments there, as you've heard from our uh, uh, correspondent there and our uh, panelists there, just uh, giving us their views on just the tense moments. And it's also been difficult to get other people on the line because so much is happening there uh, on the ground. And we were speaking there to Ubdelahi Halan who is uh, from Amnesty International starting uh, the program with us was uh, Sarah Kimani who is right there on the ground SABC's news correspondent based in Nairobi, Kenya and I'm sure that we'll be giving you a lot of updates as we'll be following this very very much uh, in, uh, very much big moment uh, for Kenya to make this particular transition very peacefully but we can't say peacefully indeed already we've heard a 10 year old has already passed away because of of this uh, unrest that is taking place. When I heard that, just my my heart was skipped a beat there because of the fact that that can't be happening. That type of vulnerability uh, cannot be actually allowed where vulnerable children are killed because of issues. They themselves probably have no clue of what's happening. Hey, what are your thoughts on today's conversation? Remember, you can still interact with us on various platforms. Uh, We have our uh, Twitter handle at channel Africa One or at African Dialogue uh, and also you can interact with us on uh, our Facebook page Channel Africa it's simply titled that Channel Africa and uh, you can give us your thoughts as well on our uh, SMS line indeed but uh, don't forget uh, that we'll be podcasting uh, this uh, in this uh, conversation that we've been having this update that uh, where we're seeing things deteriorating in uh, various parts of Kenya remember you can get our podcast on W www.channelafrica.co.za that's www.channelafrica.co.za well we have to end that uh, uh, conversation a very sad conversation we had there with uh, our correspondents there on some musical notes on a musical note rather uh, let's listen to this Lukumbalu this is by Dunia it's a Kenyan song